Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. For all those of you who want to have more information on our church, go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. We love you guys. Enjoy. If you don't, go ahead and read it on the screen. We're going to stay standing up for the word of God. Amen. And it says this in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. It says this, and maybe you guys could read it with me. Uh, It says, he said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God. Come on, we could do it louder. And do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees. Then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Come on, somebody. Give Jesus some praise. Let's pray. Amen. Father, we give you glory, God, this morning. I pray, God, that as the word of God is preached, I pray that healing and miracles will take place, Father God. And we know that you are still a God that still heals this morning. And for that, we give you glory in Jesus name. We all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Now, some of you might be looking at this series and the title of the series and you'd be like, man, when pigs fly, that is a unique title for this sermon series. And some of you probably heard the the cliche or uh, the, the phrase when pigs fly, right? Like I told my son, I was trying to explain it to him. Hey, do you know the phrase of when pigs fly? Actually, it wasn't my son. It was Chris, but my son was there. And I said, it's basically saying like, hey, you know, if I tell my son, hey, can you clean your room? And then my wife says, you know when he's going to clean his room? When pigs fly. In other words, he's not very good at cleaning up his room. Thank God that's not true. You know, he actually does clean up his room. Come on, give him a good hand. Yay. And then my daughter terrorizes his room and messes it all up after he cleans it. Amen. And so the whole premise of this sermon series, When Pigs Pigs Fly, is that, believe it or not, there are people today, even Christians, that don't believe that God still does miracles. They believe that it stopped when the apostles died. And I have no clue how they could continue to believe that. It's like what Matt said during his worship set, that I am a walking miracle. There was a moment inside of my life where I woke up like every other morning and for whatever reason, I felt extremely weak. Actually, I was feeling like that the whole week and it just kept on getting worse and worse. It was a Friday and I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the hospital right after work and that's exactly what I did. And then they checked me out. I stood there for a couple of days. They said, you know what? We can't find out what's wrong with you. We're going to go ahead and uh, refer you to a specialist which is a rheumatologist, and those are the people that deal with uh, certain parts of your body and different diseases and things like that. And it was about maybe two or three weeks, and they said, hey, don't go to work, just stay home and just make it to the appointment. I never made it to that appointment because I got so sick that I became paralyzed. I could not walk. And so they had to make an appointment for me And I remember that day vividly. It was in Chicago. It was cold. There was snow on the ground. And I literally had to be carried to my van and taken to the hospital. I could not breathe. I could barely breathe, I should say. I could barely walk. And by the time of the, by the end of that week, I was completely paralyzed. I could not walk anymore. And so at that moment, 
you know, um, they were trying to figure out what was wrong with me. They were trying to figure out what, why, why did I become, auto, uh, you know, suddenly paralyzed. And it wasn't really sudden. It happened gradually. But, but God met me at the hospital. Amen. God met me at the hospital. And I thought I was going to be paralyzed. It was already about two and a half months. And, you know, I have very little improvement. They've been giving me steroids and they sent me to a rehab center. And the minute I walked into the rehab center, the minute I walked in there, there was a lady there and they said, are you Mr. Trinidad? And I said, I am. And he said, what's wrong with you, sir? I can see that you're, you can't walk. And I said, I haven't been able to walk for two and a half weeks, two, two and a half months. And she said, Mr. Trinidad, when you walked in here, you're going to walk out of this place. And that was God speaking to that. I don't even know if she was a Christian. But I heard the voice behind the voice. I heard God's voice telling me, you might have been suffering for these two months. You might have been wondering if I'm going to heal you. And out of the mouth of that nurse, God spoke to me. And lo and behold, I walked out of that, out of that place. Amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Now, there's a whole lot of details that I do share in a sermon series. You can go to our podcast. And I share the entire, uh, the entire testimony. But God did a miracle. So there's no way somebody, I don't care how biblically sound they are in the Bible and how, how, how awesome they know the Bible. If they tell me that God does not do miracles, my friend, it's too late. I am convinced that God still does miracles. I wouldn't be standing here today. If he did not do miracles, I wouldn't be breathing with healthy lungs today if he didn't do miracles. And my friend, if you're sitting there today or listening to this in the podcast and you need a miracle, we serve a God that still does miracles. Can somebody say amen? amen. God is a miracle working God. Some of you have sat there and you know that God is a miracle working God. I love the scripture that we we just read this morning where it says that the Lord is the Lord that heals us. Amen? Amen. He is the God that heals us. And when you look up the word healing in the word of God, there's actually four Hebrew words that talks about God's healing. Actually, three. Number one, uh, he's known as Jehovah Rapha. Everybody say Rapha. And many times in the Old Testament, Jesus or God will reveal himself in certain ways. And so one way he provided for somebody, Abraham, right? He provided a, a ram in the thicket and Abraham called God Jehovah Jireh. And if you don't know what Jireh means, it means provider. The Lord is my provider. And then during the plagues in the book of Exodus, this is God revealing himself as the Lord that heals us. And we're going to impact what that means. Amen. The first thing that this means is that, that God gives us not only healing when we get sick, but he gives us good health. I'm going to say that again. God, he heals us in a way that he doesn't even allow us to get sick. When the Bible says that he is the Lord that heals us, it's really saying in the original language, he is the Lord that keeps us in good health. Come on, somebody. Amen. I know during the pandemic and stuff like that, you could give Jesus some praise for that. 
During the pandemic, there was many people that got COVID. I got COVID, but many of us, we know that when we got COVID, we didn't get the extreme symptoms that some people got. You know how I know this? Because you're here today. Some people died of that stuff. And some of us, we might say, well, why did God allow me to get sick? He may have allowed that to happen, but you didn't die like everybody else did. Why? Because the Lord is our healer. He keeps us in good health. And he won't only do it for you. He will do it for your children and everything that is influenced by you. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord our healer. The second thing that this means that the Lord heals us relationally. Come on, we all have relationships that need to be healed. We all know people that need uh, relationships to be mended. There's people that ha they, they don't have a good relationship with their parents. There's people that they have a bad marriage and they stick it out for the kids or they just stick it out because they just feel that like they just can't make it alone. Can I tell you something? If you are in a situation where you need a relationship healed, God is the healer of that relationship. You might be struggling in your marriage. You might be struggling with your relationship with your children, with a friend, with a family member. God is Jehovah Rapha. He heals relationships. Amen. And when you look at this word, the Bible literally says that God is the God that mends and stitches together little by little relationships that have been broken apart. He stitches us all back together it's a process how many how many ever been stitching or seen somebody stitch something together how many know it don't happen from one second to another it is a process and so many times we feel like god is not moving because we are in that process you, you, we have to get to a place where we have to believe, God, you are mending this together. It might not look good right now. This relationship may not look good right now. But God is moving even when we don't see him moving. Amen. He stitches it together. It gives a picture of a surgeon that opens up a wound and then tries to close that wound together. Some of us, we are wounded by relationships. And before God fixes the relationship, he has to fix the wound inside of your heart. Amen. He fixes the wound inside of our heart. And so before he fixes a marriage, before he fixes a friendship, before he fixes anything, he has to fix you. And you have to allow the great physician, the great doctor, the great surgeon to stitch you back together again. Can somebody say amen? amen. But it doesn't stop there. The last one is that, that God heals us physically. Everybody say physically. physically. And we all know this one, that God literally and supernaturally, if you are sick today, I don't care what it is, if it's cancer, if it's diabetes, if it's a heart condition, we serve a God that is able to do a miracle inside of your life. Can somebody say amen? He's able to heal physically, divine healing. And I am a testimony of that. You know, so many times when we see this point where God heals physically and we hear that the Lord is the Lord that heals, this is the only thing that we think he does. We think, oh, God heals, but he only heals cancer and he only heals 
physically. No, my friend, many times before God heals you physically, he has to heal you emotionally because it is your emotions that have caused us to become sick. It has the, the bad relationship. It was the bad relationship that has caused us to be sick physically. Many of us, we don't even know this, but if you go to a good counselor, they'll let you know that if you don't heal your relationship, your relationship will manifest itself physically in your body. If we have a bad marriage, if we are in a bad relationship, it will manifest itself physically. Yes, indeed. And so, so many times we look at a physical healing and be like, that's... That's the God that heals. But let me tell you something. When God heals you emotionally, that is such a great miracle at the magnitude of a physical healing. And sometimes even greater than a physical healing. Because now you live in freedom. Now you know what it is to walk inside of a room with that person inside of that room. And now you don't have this funny feeling inside. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You walk inside of a room and that person is there and then you, you try to avoid that person. Why? Because there's still wounds inside of your heart. God is able to heal that and that is still a miracle. When he heals us emotionally and mentally and spiritually. You know, you know how you're spiritually sick? If you don't have Jesus and you don't have a right relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that you are literally sick and, and or dead. What does Jesus say? He says, it's not the, the saved person that needs a doctor. No, it's the sinner that needs a doctor. And some of us, we are sitting here and we're not in a right relationship with Jesus. And can I tell you what the greatest miracle is? The greatest miracle on planet Earth is the miracle of salvation. When you give your life to Jesus, what good is it that he heals you physically? And he heals your relationship. And you gain everything. And then you lose your soul. And that's why salvation is the greatest miracle. And he's able to heal your spiritual life. So let me give you some reasons why some people don't get healed. I mean, you want to know that. Why some people don't get healed. Let me just share this with you. Number one, some people really don't want to get healed. That's why they don't get healed. That might be shocking to some of us. Some people don't really want to be healed. Look what John chapter 5 verse 6 says. It says, when Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, that means he's been sick for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And some of us, we might be saying, well, that's an obvious answer to that question, right? Why would Jesus... Ask such a ridiculous question. It's obvious that he wants to be healed. Obviously not, if he asked. Right? I've met, you, believe it or not, I've met people that I'm giving them food and they reject the food. How many have ever been there who have ever been in the food outreach? They don't want the food. You're giving them food, they need the food, but they reject it. Right? I've met people that are okay. They'll complain about their sickness, they'll murmur about their sickness. And then talk themselves out on why God will not heal them. And Jesus is basically telling these people, do you want to be healed? It's not the fact that God won't heal you. It's not the fact that that's not his will. Do you really want it? I remember when I was in the hospital, I wanted to walk again. 
There might have been some doubts in my mind. I even told the physician, I said, you know what? I was only able to walk 10 steps. And he says, we're going to try for 100 steps today. And I believed it. And I put the effort in. And I believed God for a miracle. And when I believed God for a miracle, guess what happened? A miracle happened. But you have to want to be healed. And there's different there's different reasons why. Some of them are, are legit, but you know, some people get used to their sickness. It becomes their identity. They also like the attention that they get. When I was sick, I got a lot of attention, right? And some people thrive off of that. But my friend, your identity is not in your sickness. Your identity is not in the attention that you get when you're sick. Your identity is in Christ. And if he says, hey, I want to heal you, my friend, receive that healing. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. James chapter 4, verse 2. It says, if you don't have, you don't have because you don't ask. Do you really want to be healed? You know, there's plenty of people that are sick. And I, and I will tell them, hey, did you ask God to heal you? No, I just, you know, just stay sick. Keep on popping these pills. Keep on going to, you know, doctor's appointment. But have you been praying? for? Yeah, I prayed once or twice, you know, for God to heal me. My friend, you got to pray more than once or twice. You just got to keep on praying and keep on praying until he moves. You got to keep on praying and persistently pray. Look what Sam Storm says. He tells us this is how, how, how we are healed. It says that, he says this, he says, prayer for healing often must be prolonged, sustained, persevering, and combined with fasting. Oof, that's a hard one. But you know what you're communicating? You're asking God, hey man, I'm going to fast. Well, I can't fast. I'm going to find a way to get, uh, I'm going to find a way if I can fast, separate. And I'm going to continue to ask God for a miracle. But sometimes we just don't want to. We get comfortable in our sickness. We get comfortable in our infirmity. We get comfortable with our mental illness. We get comfortable with our emotional illness. And we just give up. My friend, I want to encourage you today. God is able to heal you. He is able to transform your life if you persist in your prayer. Can somebody say amen? amen? Here's another reason why people don't get healed. Healing doesn't happen because unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. James chapter 5 verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith. What? The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Therefore, what does he say? Confess your sin one to another and pray for one another. For what reason? So that you may be healed. There's certain, now, now don't confess it to somebody, some stranger. Don't confess it to somebody that is trustworthy. If you really want to be healed, be like, hey, this is my issue. And this is my sin. And this is where I fell short. And so many times the reason why we are not healed. This is one of the main sins. It's because of unforgiveness. Somebody say unforgiveness. unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like keeping yourself imprisoned. Expecting somebody else to feel the suffering of your unforgiveness. 
My friend, you're the one behind the bars, not them. Somebody else said this. Somebody said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting your enemy to die. You're being poisoned. And many times there are people that do not receive their miracle. Many times there are people that do not get healed in any area inside of their lives because they are refusing to forgive. They are re refusing to let that sin go, what that person sinned against them. And God is basically saying, until you release that person of what they have done to you and you forgive them, I cannot re release the healing upon your life. You have to release that person. And I know it's hard. And sometimes we let the person down, right? We, we, we confess the sin and we forgive them and we pick it back up. And my friend is going to be a process. But rest assured, my friend, God will do the miracle Amen. when you release it. It might not be unforgiveness. It might be something that we all, we, we all have struggles. And it might be a struggle that God is telling you, hey, release this. Release this. Whatever it is that he's telling you to do. And then the miracle will happen. But until you hold on to that thing that I'm telling you to release, I cannot release the healing upon your life. Can somebody say amen? amen. I remember inside of the hospital, I had to... Talked to my mom and I said, these are all the issues that I had growing up. And we talked and I released her from certain things in my heart that I held against her. And then for whatever reason, I got healed after that. Amen. Trust me, it works. Trust me, it works. Number, number three, healing doesn't happen because of demonic activity. Demonic activity. Look at Luke chapter 13, verse 10. It says this, on, on, on the Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by what? An evil spirit. She was crippled by a demonic spirit. It's possible that there are certain sicknesses that are happening to people. It's not because you're in sin. Let me just preface this. Not every time you are sick, that means you're in sin. No, that's not always the reason. Sometimes it's de demonic activity. And look what it says. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. This, my friend, is deliverance. She got delivered from an unclean spirit. A spirit that made her sick. And verse 13 says, then he touched her and instantly she could stand up straight. And how she praised God. There's certain things that have happened to us because it is a straight demonic attack upon our lives. It is a demonic attack. It is the enemy trying to stop you from your purpose. It is the enemy trying to stop you from your calling upon your life. There's other reasons why things hope, uh, happen. It's demonic activity because we, we've opened the door to it. And because we've opened the door to it, that specific sickness came into our lives and it's tormenting us. But the beautiful thing about Jesus is that no matter if you open the door, Jesus is still able to heal you regardless. 
He is able to do it. Why? Because he's a merciful God. Because he's a gracious God. And he needs to live up to his name, which is the Lord that heals you. Come on, somebody. That's some good preaching. Amen. I love what, what Paul says. We see this in the story um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're not going to read it, but the apostle Paul went through something similar. He called a demonic attack upon his body a thorn in his flesh. He called it a thorn in his flesh. And most people, a lot of people, they don't know what the thorn was, but many people believe that it was a sickness upon his body. And the Bible says that he prayed and prayed and prayed and the Lord did not remove the sickness off his body. And the Bible literally says that it was a messenger from Satan that gave him this sickness or whatever it was. And the Lord said, hey, I'm not going to remove it. Why? Because my grace is enough for you. My grace is enough. My grace is sufficient in the midst of this battle, whether it's a sickness or whatever it was. He says, my grace is enough for you. And he basically literally says this. The reason why, the reason why the Lord kept it there is so that he could walk humbly before God. So he doesn't become arrogant of the, of the things that God was going to use him. My friend, he wrote 25% of the New Testament. And he says, hey, listen, I'm going to keep that there, not because I put it there. Satan put it there, but I'm going to leave it there because I'm going to use that to keep you humble. So I, as I keep you humble, I could continue to use you. Because the moment you become proud, my grace is going to lift off of your life. And you might be saying, well, how do you know that? Well, the Bible clearly says that Jesus, God, gives grace to the humble. And what does he do to the proud? He opposes them. In other words, he lifts up the grace. Some of you, do you think that you got it all together and you think it's your education and your communication skill? No, my friend, it is the grace of God upon your life. And that's why you are able to do what you're able to do. And that's why you are able to walk in through those doors, things that you weren't even qualified to do. Why? Because it is the grace of God upon your life. Somebody say amen. amen. And how do, be, how, do, how do you be healed from this? If it's a spirit, my friend, God has given us authority to rebuke it. You have authority in Jesus' name to rebuke sickness off your life. And my friend, if it is a spirit that is upon your life that is causing you to be sick, that sickness will leave in Jesus' name. It will leave in Jesus' name. Just like that evil spirit left that person, this woman in the story, it will leave your life. And all of a sudden, she began, she, she was walking crooked and she began to walk straight. Let me just say this. This could be a spiritual metaphor that some of us are walking crooked spiritually. And it is a demonic spirit that has you sick spiritually. And the moment you get rid of that spirit that got you sick spiritually, you will no longer walk crooked. You will walk straight and narrow for God. Amen. You got to cast it out in Jesus' name. Everybody say that. Cast it out in Jesus' name. Rebuke the spirit of infirmity. Rebuke the spirit of of sickness, rebuke the spirit of mental illness, rebuke the spirit that's causing the issue. Amen. But it's not always a spirit, it's not always sin.
And it's not always because we don't desire. Amen. Number four, healing doesn't happen because of no faith. Everybody say no faith. And some of us, we were like saying, man, I'm, I'm believing and I'm believing and I'm believing. And you have tons of faith. At the end of the day, my friend, let me just preface this, that there's certain healings that we have no explanation of why God won't do it. But there is a purpose. And ultimately, we all get healed when we're glorified in heaven. But let me read you Matthew chapter, 20, uh, chapter 9, verse 28. It says, when he entered the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes saying, according to what? Your faith, not Jesus's faith. Amen. He didn't say, and because Jesus believed. No, according to your faith, be it done to you. Your faith. Let's put on some worship music. Your faith. Everybody say faith. The reason sometimes God doesn't move upon our lives is because we don't believe that he's going to move. And many times that's what the devil wants. He wants to beat us down and beat us down and we don't cry out to God. Let me just say this. God could only move when we cry out. If we don't ask, he can't answer. Well, God, he knows, doesn't he? Does he know all things? Yeah, but he requires a petition. It requires you to ask, and not only ask, but ask in faith. You need to ask in faith. I need to ask in faith. And you might be saying, man, but I asked, but I have a little bit of doubt. There was a person in the Bible like that. He says, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Don't we have that battle all the time? God, I believe, but there's still a little bit inside of me that I don't believe, but I believe. There's like 40% that I believe and 60% that I don't believe. And you know what you do in that situation, my friend? You know what you do in that battle? You tell the Lord, God, I believe. And this 60%, God, help my unbelief. Help me believe. You know, the beautiful thing about the Bible, he says, you don't need 100% of faith. You just need a mustard seed of faith. You just need a little bit. You don't even have to believe me that much. You just have to believe me a little. And you are able to move the mountain of sickness off of your life. You are able to move the mountain of mental illness off of your life. That relationship that is taking a toll on your emotion, it could be healed with a just a mustard seed of faith. You might be saying, well, why does God need faith? Why can't he just move? I've never wondered that. I've wondered that. Why do you need my faith, God? Well, faith glorifies God. It doesn't glorify you. Faith glorifies you. Faith points us away from ourselves and it points us to Jesus. Faith turns us away from our own power and puts us towards his power and his resources. Faith says, Lord, I am nothing and you are everything. Faith tells us I put my trust in you. I don't put my trust in my faith. Many of us, we get that confused. You're like, God, I have faith and I have so much strong faith and I believe because of my faith. No, my friend, your faith doesn't heal you. Your faith in Jesus heals you. 
Your faith in your faith is not going to heal you. And I've met a lot of people, few people, that because they have such strong faith, they believe. But what do you have your faith in? Your faith or in God? Amen? I love what Sam Storm says this about this. He says, my confidence is in your word and character no matter what happens. Even if you don't heal me, God, I'm still going to serve you. Even if you don't move, I'm still going to serve you faithfully. And how do you be healed when you lack faith? This is how you're healed. The prayer of faith will heal you. The prayer of faith. The Bible says this. We already read it, but we're going to read it again. Verse 13 in James chapter 5, verse 13 says, If anyone among you is in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And look what he says. That's not enough. He says, the prayer offered in faith will make the person, the sick person well. And the Lord will raise them up. The Lord will raise them up. So I don't know where you're at this morning. But this series is to build up your faith. And to show you that God is a God that heals. God is a God that heals. And he's able to heal your life. And you might be saying, hey, it's my fault that I'm sick. Doesn't matter. God is a God that is able to heal you. Doesn't matter what the reason is. There's a lot of people that get healed and it was their bad diet that got them sick. Did God stop healing them? No. Let's all stand this morning. We need to understand that God is a miracle worker. And he is a healer. The fact that God healed me and I conquered that battle inside of my life, this is how a spiritual law works. If you conquer something inside of your life, now you have authority over it. And God he is able to heal you today if you want it. Now, we have to fall according to his will, right? But I believe that every single person could be healed. The Bible even says that. Those moments in Jesus' ministry that every single person was healed in the room. You don't need somebody to lay hands on you. You don't need somebody to do anything. But God can heal you. Maybe it's not physical. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's relational. And you're saying, God, I need healing. I need healing. Another form of healing is the... Thank you all for listening. Be sure to stop in for a whole new podcast. We love you, familia.